Flight 229, you're clear for takeoff. Just like a flight plan, you have to know where you're going and how you will get there when you plan for retirement. Let Ryan Fleming help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Welcome to the Pilot's Advisor. We are recording from Anchorage, Alaska today and Lee Heider is on the show on the podcast today. Lee, how are you doing? I'm doing good, but you're always in fun places. Every time I talk to you, it's like, you know, like the uh, cartoon character, Where's Waldo? But I always refer to it as Where's Ryan today? Well, unfortunately, I'm constantly on the road and traveling because FedEx has a lot of demand out there for me to to move everybody's packages. And, uh, you know, around Christmas time, it's, it's like we're Santa Claus. But right now, um, it's a lot of just keeping the world moving and getting all these personal protective equipment to everybody. Well, if you're attempting to elicit a little sympathy from me or any of your listeners as you travel to some of the most exotic postcard places around the world, it ain't working. Yeah, well, sadly, uh, in the current environment, just because of all these countries, they're actually more worried about residents of the United States than anywhere else. And so I go to these countries and like the ones that I can currently think of that would be great layovers like Sydney, Australia and Singapore, we are actually quarantined and stuck in a hotel room and can't leave the hotel room at all. So it's, it's not very glamorous right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And I, and I say that tongue in cheek. I mean, it sounds, you know, and it's kind of funny, you know, I mean, uh, a lot of times people think when they hear about somebody's adventures or their career or where they travel from the person who's not doing it, it really does sound a little more glamorous. But, I, but I'm sure traveling as much as you do and a lot of the downtime either at airports or hotel lobbies waiting for the next leg can kind of probably get pretty, pretty boring from time to time. Yeah, it's, uh, it gets old and it's, it's the reason why they call it work. Uh, you know, there's many times where I see the pictures you post of your uh, nice lake house there on Lake, lake Erie and Sandusky looking out at the water or out at a sailboat. I wish I was there, but you know, you do what you got to do. Yeah, you know what? I actually had a client meeting today on the beach. Three of us were sitting there, a great client and his wife and myself. We had a cup of coffee and we attempted to... Uh, solve all the world's problems as we buried our toes in the sand. That sounds like a perfect meeting. I'll tell you what. Yeah. You know, all in all, it was a great meeting with great clients. So Lee, I have a question for you. Uh, you know, of course, many of my clients I meet with on the road if I run into them or, you know, over the phone or over Zoom. And I was wondering how things have changed with your office and you servicing your clients, how, how the environment's changed. You know, I think not only for me, but I think the whole world. I mean, case in point, uh, here we are today. It's March. I'm sorry. It's uh, March. Yeah, it, it feels like March. <laughs> Lee's it's, kind it, of it, old, everybody. He gets confused oh sometimes. God. Yeah, I can't even find my glasses to look at my computer calendar. But no, as we sit here, it's obviously uh, July 14th. And um, the I think the first time I can actually remember a change in my business cycle was March 13th, was really the last day that we kind of conducted business as a normal process. Uh, since March 14th, I've only been at the office twice. I've conducted a lot of telephone meetings. I've conducted a lot of face-to-face -face over Zoom meetings. 
But to be honest with you, a lot of my clients don't really at this point feel that comfortable meeting with me face to face. And and I think it's that way in a lot of businesses. I mean, it's uh, the world has certainly changed for a lot of us. And as we see the, the spike going up in California, just kind of shut down for the second time, Texas and Florida are having its challenges. Um, you know, nobody knows where this thing is going to end. Well, it's definitely been uh, very interesting and it has, has affected our lifestyle a lot more than I ever thought it would. Um, and, and it's probably going to change things going forward. I even think about business travel. I think a lot of these corporations are starting to, to realize, first of all, they don't have to travel to meet face-to-face. Also, so many of these big corporations are telecommuting now, so I think they're going to have or be spending less money on brick-and-mortar offices as well. You know, I think also one one lesson bringing it back to the financial conversation is how really unpredictable and how fast the market moves. I mean, if we go back to the very beginning of just the conversation of the corona virus before it really became front page headlines, you know, we 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 notice how quickly the market kind of crashed. And then I think at the bottom, you know, in mid-March when it was almost knocking at 17,000 the Dow, I don't think anybody would have ever predicted that literally, you know, four to five months later, you know, we'd be back in a Dow of, you know, 26,000. So I think the lesson, you know, for all the listeners to take, if there is a lesson that we can learn from this, is really how, is how random the market is. You know, I'm sure many people from time to time during this up and down volatility spike may have considered getting out of the market. And had they gotten out of the market or changed their portfolio significantly, they would have missed this incredible rebound. Yeah. And, you know, we teach, you know, to not time the market and also that the market's totally unpredictable. And I agree with you. This has been a a very good case of how unpredictable it can be. And it's amazing to me that the market still keeps going up with all these almost a a false hope of what's going to happen going forward. Yeah, it's amazing. I know we don't have any earnings coming out until, you know, recently. And a lot of these companies just stopped forecasting earnings based off of all the unknowns, but it's 2020 is definitely going to be a very volatile year and and it's going to be very interesting. Not only is it going to be an interesting year, and I think we're going to experience, you know, significant upward volatility. You know, people sometimes don't refer to when they're making money in the market as volatility, they're just earning dollars. And when they, you know, obviously the portfolio goes down, we experience the volatility in a different sense. But I do think over the remaining part of this year, I think we are going to see some dramatic ups in the market followed by, you know, news headlines of, of all different types, not only the election, but what's happening day to day with, with the virus. And I think we're going to see downward volatility. But I, I think the lesson's going to really be a, a test for a lot of investors. You know, do they really have what it takes to, you know, stick it out, you know, during this period of volatility? Or do they panic and run for the doors? And I, and I certainly hope they don't. Well, and that's why we have a job. I mean, we, we are financial coaches and we help investors not make emotional decisions with their money, especially in times like like what's going on right now. And it is tough to stay the course and see the long term and not make uh, investment mistakes. And with those investment mistakes, I thought that'd be a great topic to discuss today is some, about, some of the uh, mistakes you've seen investors make, uh, some of the blunders that happen. You know, there are certain mistakes that are recoverable or you can go back and fix, but there's others that you see that you just can't go back and fix. And it's why you really need to uh, talk to a financial professional when you're making some of these moves. So, Lee, I wanted to, to, to ask you about a few of those, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, you know, not only do I think investors from time to time make mistakes, 
But I think this really is going to separate, um, you know, the wheat from the shaft in respect to the actual financial advisors. You know, a, a good financial advisor, first of all, I believe needs to have a philosophy that he's built the foundation of his business on. I mean, at the end of the day, there's only really two decisions when it comes to making an investment. Number one, do you believe the market is predictable or is it random? You know, now, no matter what side of the fence you're on, there's thousands of choices. But the first decision the financial advisor needs to make is as he builds his business, as he educates his clients, what is his personal philosophy? And as your listeners know, I'm sure, you know, they know that you're cut out of the cloth as well as myself, that the market really is very random. And because of that, we build diversified portfolios. But if you're asking me what is probably, you know, one of the things that people need to be careful of right now is certainly market timing. You know, market timing, if there ever was a time to consider it, and I would hope nobody would, this certainly may be that time that somebody gets panicked and they decide to get out of the market. But I think if we just go back two or three months, there certainly was reason to panic. And the people who have panicked and market timed and got out of the market missed the almost 10,000 swing that we've had in the market. So I think the first mistake that people really want to avoid is market timing. Because you have to be right twice. You got to be right when you get out or make a change. And then you got to be right a second time when you get back into the market. Very, very tough to do. Well, hey there. We hope you're enjoying listening to the Pilots Advisor today. Just wanted to take a quick moment from the show to remind you that if you have any questions ever about what Ryan talks about on the program, need any assistance with your financial planning, need some guidance to get to and through retirement, or whatever financial questions might be on your mind, don't ever hesitate to reach out. The simple way to get in touch with Ryan is to pick up the phone and call or text 843-475-3038. Again, that's 843-475-3038. You can also find Ryan online at FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. And as always, we put contact information to get in touch with Ryan in the description or the show notes section of the program. So just check it out on whatever app you're using, and it's easy to get in touch with Ryan. All right, now back to the show. Well, absolutely. And through this whole process, I've gotten to talk to a lot of investors, you know, that that are do-it-yourselfers that have done some of these things. And, you know, even if you got out at the right time, a lot of them were sitting on the sidelines and did not get back in. So they're done. And it's, it's you know, you're never going to recover unless you know they get the market goes back down and they somehow miraculously sure. get back in otherwise you're just right. sitting there waiting for and who knows how many years that might be and and not only are you waiting but you've locked in your losses you know i mean the, the time that people tend to market time is after something happened and it scared them in in, in with their portfolio. So maybe they lost 15% and they did not want to lose any more so they market timed and they got out and now they've locked in that 15%. So they're never going to get that back. So again, it's just a very, very dangerous thing. And, and as you and I've said quite often before, I mean, investing is kind of counterintuitive. It almost makes sense to the average investor to get out and market time when things are bad. But in reality, a good financial coach like you will kind of like a fireman run into the building when it's on fire and try not to bump into people as they're panicking and running out. Yeah, it's funny you say that because people want to make moves after the market crashes and there's a bunch of fear and greed on TV. And But nobody ever calls you when the, the S&P or the market's just really killing it. It's up 15%. Nobody calls and says, hey, you know, I'd really like to sell out of my portfolio and sell it while it's high. But 
they really, really always want to sell when it's low. And it's kind of kind of funny to think about that because people know they want to buy when it's low and, and sell when it's high. They just don't do it. Well, you know, I think there's a difference between academically talking about the ups and downs of the market when the market is doing well and people may decide to work with you. But the real test, you know, the real test is not when people are making 10 or 12 or 14%. You know, the real test of somebody's philosophy and their belief in what they're doing and their belief in taking advice from a coach is not when the market's doing great. It's when Honestly, we're a little scared. We're a little concerned. Being able to channel that fear and that concern in a more positive direction and just wait out a little bit of the volatility. Yeah, you add a little bit of emotion into it and people start making uh, hasty decisions, don't they? No, yeah, you, you certainly, I mean, look, emotions are a wonderful thing in life, uh, but you want to be sure that you really keep your emotions out of your portfolio and portfolio decisions. All right. So on to some investment mistakes. And, you know, maybe we have a couple of war stories, but I'm going to throw a couple of things out there and then we can discuss about things you might have seen in the past uh, with sure. previous clients. Um, so the first one I want to talk about is investing at age 59 the same way that you invested when you were 39. Well, you know, there's a philosophy and, and I think there's a strategy that I don't necessarily adapt to. Um, you know, a lot of people think when you get older, you need to automatically reduce your equity position. You know, on the surface, what you're basically saying is when I get older, I should probably reduce my uh, uh, risk. And I understand that on the surface. But what you really need to be asking yourself more importantly is what's going on in your personal circumstance? Because, you know, you can take two 65-year-old people. One 65-year-old person may have zero pension, may have very little social security, and really has financial challenges. That person needs to be very, very conservative and probably needs to be very cautious about how much equity they're holding. But then you can take another 65-year-old person that has an incredible pension, very strong uh, social security benefits, and very little expenses. That person could, even though they're 65, really handle a lot more volatility. So on the surface, you don't necessarily want age to be the primary factor in how much equity you should hold. You may want to have age be the primary factor in the conversation that you're having with your financial coach to really just determine is the portfolio you're invested in appropriate, not only for your age, but more importantly for your personal situation and, um, you know, goals and objectives. Well, I'm sure glad you brought that up because that's the point that I wanted to make. And I talk to my clients all the time. Um, you know, people automatically think that it is tied to your age and that you should pull the throttles back on investing as you get closer to 60 or closer to retirement age. But really what it is, two different things. You talked about investing at, you know, for your situation and your risk tolerance, but it's really about your time horizon. You know, for my FedEx and UPS guys that have a fixed pension, and they're probably not going to be touching a lot of their 401k assets on top of that, just a small amount, a lot of that money is long-term and they can still afford to be, you know, a long-term investor and a little bit more aggressive versus, you know, uh, some of the other airlines where they no longer have a pension. That 401k money is what they're going to live off of right away. And we need to be a little bit more strategic on uh, how we have that money invested because a lot of that money is money now that you need for income going forward. And not only that, but I think this really speaks to a much more powerful piece of information that your, your listeners need to really focus on, that where they're getting this information about, you know, I've, I've reached a certain age, I should automatically reduce my equity exposure. 
is really just all of this worthless information that people find on the internet. You know, so the average person who's listening to this, you know, is going to take what you and I are saying. And the first thing they may do when this podcast is over is go to Google and ask Google or Siri or any other, you know, internet reference that they're using. And what they're going to find is just a lot of information, a lot of conflicting information and a lot of self-serving information. That's why, you know, I'm, I'm very cautious of, of people wanting to invest their portfolio themselves. You know, and that's not just from a self-serving motivation that I'm going to get paid to help them. But honestly, there's so much misinformation. How does the average person simply sort out what is accurate and more importantly, what's appropriate for my circumstance? So it, it's very, very dangerous out there. Well, I agree. And, and not every situation is clear and dry about what should be done. I mean, I think about all the times where you and I and some other financial advisors that we uh, have as, as friends and mentors, you know, sometimes you got to call up that other financial professional and say, hey, man, I, you know, I, what do you think about this situation? And what, you know, what would you do going forward? Because it's not all the same. No, everybody has a very unique situation. And that's why I kind of laugh and chuckle on these TV shows and internet shows that are, that are really just giving blanket advice to everybody without knowing anything. And sadly, and I'm sure you've had the same thing where people kind of reach out to you and they say, hey, I want to buy this. I heard it on the radio or I, heard, or well, I Kramer, saw it on TV. Kramer. Yeah, Kramer yeah, said uh, we should do that. You know, come on. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and look, we don't mean, mean need to, you know, want to pick on Jim Kramer. I mean, look, you got Susie Orman, you got Clark Howard, you got any <laughs> any TV show out there because any TV show, any radio show, any internet show that's really telling you what you should do is really cut from the cloth that they believe the market is predictable. Well, they're you trying to sell magazines, ratings, advertisements. They don't care about you. No, no. They, they do. Look, it's it's really entertainment. People think it's education, and it is education to a degree. You know, but not all education is accurate, and a lot of the education that you're going to get from a financial TV show, as you've said, is very self-serving. All right. Well, here's another one: starting Social Security without a plan or a strategy. Well, you know, there, there, are, there are what we call different claiming strategies, different choices that you can take uh, or activate for your Social Security benefit. And interestingly enough, if somebody, you know, just calls Social Security or makes an appointment and goes down to the Social Security office, you know, they may actually be surprised that this well-meaning uh, representative that they're going to sit in front of can't really, or more importantly, won't necessarily tell you what's the best strategy for you. They'll just kind of say, look, here's a brochure. These are your choices. What do you want? And there are different choices and strategies that somebody should be considering for when they should claim their social security benefit. And then again, it goes back to what you're not going to find on the internet. Everybody's situation and circumstance is very, very different. So again, good opportunity for you, me, for any other advisor to give people independent and objective advice about claiming strategies for their social security benefits. And it is amazing how complicated social security is. And of course, I think the program is going to continue to change going forward because it's, you know, we just can't handle the current program with not having more tax revenue and all the baby boomers that are retiring and starting to withdraw. But oh, yeah. Absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, how about uh, focusing on tax preparation, but not tax planning? And I always talk about this one, you know, you have a CPA that just files your taxes, but you really want somebody that's a strategic tax planner. Right. I, you know, my father was a CPA and, you know, his very bad joke that I still remember many, many years later was he called himself a CPA cleaning, pressing and alterations. Now your listeners and yourself don't need to laugh because it's not funny now and it's not funny 25 years ago, but <laughs> it, it, it makes me smile thinking of my father. But I, but I will say this, 
a good CPA is really kind of an archaeologist. All they're doing is digging up the past. They're asking you for what's your income, what are your expenses, what are your deductions. That is a world of difference than somebody that is proactive, that really has tax strategies to minimize your taxes. So that if you're meeting with your CPA or your tax planner, so to speak, during tax season, you really don't have anybody progressively or proactively trying to solve it, a problem. They're just going to help you. It's yeah. already too late, isn't it? Absolutely. You, yeah, you got to meet with your CPA a couple times a year to put together plans so that you're really where you need to be when you file your taxes. Because if you're meeting with them during tax season, it's already too late. You're just digging up your archaeological tax bones. Have you ever wanted to learn more about the academic approach to investing and saving and planning for retirement that Ryan talks about here on The Pilot's Advisor? Well, if so, go visit pilotsadvisor.com, pilotsadvisor.com. You can watch a quick webinar on the academic approach to investing. It'll show you how not to speculate and gamble with your money. It's all based on Nobel Prize winning research. Only takes about 10 minutes to get through the video and watch it. Gonna be worth your time, I promise you. Go check it out right now, pilotsadvisor.com. It's a webinar that covers that academic approach to investing, pilotsadvisor.com. All right, back to the show. Well, and it's something that I think is a very, very um, big issue with saving for retirement now. Now that we have you know Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks, we can really try to achieve that 0% tax bracket and not have what we like to refer to as the ticking tax time bomb of pre-tax money and, and a huge amount of it that you're going to be forced to take out. And these are strategies that Mr. Hyder and I definitely teach our clients because, uh, you know, you have a, you don't really know because you got to assume that taxes will go up in the future. And if they will go up in the future, uh, Roth is a great, great way to start saving for your retirement. Sure. I mean, I, and it, it, it's never too late. I mean, you know, when's the best time to plant a tree? Well, it would have been, you know, much better to plant it 10 years ago and now you would have a harvest. But again, you know, today is today. So if your listeners are out there and they, you know, they don't have a Roth and they think it's too late, it's really never too late to at least start doing something different. So the ultimate solution will be different than just the direction you're heading on right now. It reminds me of a good quote from a military leader. And of, of course, my military listeners will think about this, but a good, a good plan executed now is better than a perfect plan executed you know, in the future. And I, think, and I think one of the biggest things that I deal with is getting people to be disciplined about saving. And you know, of course, we always want to start early, but just like you said, it, you got to do it now. And I think you know, giving a little bit of tough love is something that I do. And I actually enjoy meeting with a client that is young that I've gotten early on so I can teach them going forward and they'll have no financial issues versus getting somebody that's nearing retirement. And you got to kind of mop up all these mistakes and actually try to try to fix the problem. Yeah. I mean, I mean, sadly, sometimes people come to us and, uh, you know, they're in a very, very tough financial position. We may never be able to solve all of their problems, but if somebody comes in and they haven't really done any Roth conversations or haven't, haven't considered a Roth at all, and they haven't really looked at tax planning, it's never too late to at least solve part of the problem. In a perfect world, you and I always would you know, much rather solve a, a bigger piece of their problem. But if somebody walks in at 65, you only have so much time to really work to solve some of the problems versus somebody coming in and meeting you at you know, under 45 or 50. 
Well, absolutely. And then that's another, you know, financial mistake that people make is they'll take on additional risk to make up for that lost time, um, you know, to try to fix the problem. How do you handle that when you have a, uh, a couple in front of you or a client in front of you that they just don't have enough money to retire and they're going to have a really tough time going forward and you can't just uh, magically make that money appear? How do you handle that? Well, you know, one of the things you really have got to be very cautious of is overstepping your conversational boundaries. And what I mean by that is, you know, I need somebody to give me permission to really tell them the truth, even when they don't want to hear the truth. And some of the hardest meetings that I've had to have with people is, you know, they they come in my office, they're all excited, they're showing me a retirement package, and they want some help picking some of the retirement choices that they have to make within the next 30 days so they can retire. And some of the hardest conversations I really have got to tell some of these people is, you really can't afford to retire now. And you really can't afford to buy that boat you're telling me you want. And you can't afford to really continue those expensive country club dues. So some of the hardest choices, and I will tell you, some people take that advice and they've made significant changes. I mean, I've had people come in my office and after significant conversation and, and research, They've actually moved to smaller houses, reduced their payments, because you don't want to not be able to retire, but you also don't want to retire and then find out five or 10 or 15 years later, you're really running out of money. And that creates a significant problem, I would say, for most people. So you want to avoid running out of money before you run out of month. Well, and that's that's a thing. I mean, the the stress alone of not having enough money and you're in retirement age and you can't maybe work anymore to put more assets into that plan. It's a really tough spot to be in and and you know, it's what we really try to get our our clients to not not be in that situation. But yes, I agree. Those are some of the the toughest conversations and to every person out there, I don't think people have a clue how much they truly have to save to have a 20 or 30 year retirement and not run out of money. I think that we, we don't do a very good job of educating people on how much they truly have to save. And of course, as pension plans have decreased and are pretty much gone away, uh, we need to educate people on saving so that they can actually retire one day. You know, not only do they not know how much they need to put away, but quite often it surprises me that people don't even really know how much they're spending each month on their reoccurring bills. I mean, retirement planning is pretty simple conceptually. You know, what is your guaranteed reoccurring income and what are your reoccurring bills? And if there's a shortage in income to pay your bills, option one is, can I figure out where to get additional dollars or can I find a way to reduce my expenses? You know, so you have to have an honest conversation and that's really where it begins. You know, what is your retirement income going to be and what is your retirement reoccurring bills at this point looking like, and if there's a shortage, you know, what are we going to do to kind of make up for that? And hopefully we have a couple of years to really do that before they do retire. Yeah. Nobody likes to have that conversation because then we talk about that one word that no couple wants to hear about and no couple wants to talk about. And that's called the B word, the budget. Uh, What is uh your budget? Uh, Nobody wants to be on a budget, but that is one of the things that is going to help you land safely in retirement is having a budget and knowing your numbers. There you go. You, so, you got to throw in that, that, that airline vernacular, huh? land safety. <laughs> I have to. Okay. I have to so they understand. Right. So anyway, Lee, and, what, unlike, and unlike, unlike landing, I'm going to add, it's pro- you're probably sitting back uh, you know, playing on your computer because a lot of flying I hear, and I don't know this to be the truth, is on autopilot. Certainly unlike retirement planning. Retirement planning is anything but on autopilot. 
Well, and that's what we try to do here at the Fleming Financial Group. You know, being the pilots advisors, I try to help a lot of of my clients that are airline pilots put their retirement savings in on autopilot where I can worry about the day-to-day and, and have conversations with them when changes need to be made. And they don't have to worry about it or have the stress of that as they're traveling around the world. So for any of you guys out there that want to engage the autopilot and have a little bit more relaxing time, uh, feel free to reach out to me and we can have a conversation about that. So Lee, I appreciate you talking to us about some of these pre-retirement mistakes. Uh, you got any good stories or anything that we could close on today? No, probably not as good as you. I mean, you may actually be able to take a, a sleigh ride or something tonight in Alaska. I mean, I mean, what, what is it like? What, what time is it getting dark in Alaska nowadays? Uh, it, it, this time of year, it doesn't get dark till really, really late at night. I mean, almost midnight. It's only dark for maybe a few hours. Uh, but it is gorgeous right now. It's it's beautiful, sunny, sunny skies, 65 degrees, and it's a great time to go rent a bike from Pablo's, which is around the corner from the Captain Cook here, and, and get a little exercise in. So it's, it's not a bad layover right this time of year, but I'm not really sure I could handle living up here during the wintertime when there's, you know, five feet of snow on the ground all the time, and it's it's dark most of the time. No, no, I believe me, I, it is beautiful. I've been there, and it's a, it's a beautiful part of the country for sure. All right, Lee. Well, next, thanks for uh, being on our show today. And I think next time we're going to have to talk about uh, a person's ideal retirement, how you have to think about what kind of retirement you want, because then you can kind of work backwards to, uh, to plan for that. Great strategy. Love, love to participate sometime. All right, Lee. Thank you once again. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right. My pleasure. All right. Take care. You've been listening to The Pilot's Advisor, featuring Ryan Fleming, a financial advisor at Fleming Financial Group, serving clients worldwide, but based out of Charleston, South Carolina. If you have any questions for Ryan on what we've talked about on today's show, maybe a future topic idea, or want to talk more about getting a complimentary review of your financial plan, here's the best ways to get in touch. You can go online to the website, FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. You can also email Ryan. It's simply Ryan at FlemingFG.com. Or you can call or text to get in touch. 843-475-3038 is the number. That's 843-475-3038. Thanks for listening to The Pilot's Advisor. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, in many more locations. So whatever app you like to use, search for the Pilots Advisor podcast today and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.